Thank you, Hal. I'm Earl. I'm not calling. I feel so privileged to be asked to do this. I was there a couple of years ago at uh, one of the conventions, and uh, it's such a privilege. You know, the main reason Hal asked me to do this, I think, is because he thinks I'm an expert on the fourth step, and I am. I looked that word up in the dictionary one time. It said X means a has-been, and a perk means a little squirt under pressure. And being an expert on the four steps, uh, I'll qualify. Uh, this is, uh, people call it so many different things, and, and uh, I've only done one four step, and the way I did my four step, I wrote my complete life story. I worked two to four hours a day for three and a half months. I've done my fifth step that completely changed my life. And they would not let me do it wrong. I worked on about three weeks. I was doing the perfect four step. And one side and the after Kelly Club, my sponsor asked me how I was doing. And I proceeded to tell him when I got through. He said, you're not taking your inventory. You're taking everybody else's. He said, he took me to page 67 in the big book, putting out of our minds the wrongs others sit down. We resolutely looked for our own mistakes. So a situation not been entirely our fault. We tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. The inventory was ours, not the other man's. Well, everything I wrote down on my inventory, I did this because you did that. That's what I've done all my life. I did this because you did that. And uh, after showing me that in the book, I had to tear it up and start over. And the way they taught me, honestly, is that Everything you write on that paper, you write it just like you go give it to God because you know God knows. So that's how they taught me honestly. And you hear an alcoholic anonymous, the only thing you have to share is your own experience. And that's not what I do. I uh, discovered a long time ago that, well, let me tell you how this thing got started. I owned a meatpacking company for 40 years. I retired in 1982, and I got uh, tied up in the very active in the archives of Alcoholics Anonymous in Oklahoma. And uh, as a young man moved up here from a little farm town north of Houston, and he asked me to be his sponsor. And uh, I was 29 years old, sober less than two years. I knew he had a real good program just for talking to him. And uh, he come in that town from a little uh, from Los Angeles. He had the long hair and the beard and the earring and the plain clothes. He was a heroin addict, been in prison twice. There's no farmer in there sober 23 years taught him how to read the book. And he learned there to memorize the first 164 pages or at least what was on it. So he asked me to be his sponsor, and uh, about that time, the man Hal was talking about asked me to be his sponsor and teach him how to do the fourth step. And uh, he'd come over to my house, and just so happened, Michael was there. We went out on the patio, and I said, Michael, why don't you take Jim through the first four steps? I'm going to sit back and listen and see how you were taught. Well, he... Spent about three hours going through the first four steps and ended up handing him a two-page outline, word for word, out of the big book, how to do a four-step. 
I kind of sat there with my mouth open because it was just as thorough as what I had did, except it was real simple. So we started doing it in my house five or six times a week, day and night. That went on to November 2nd, 1984, and he moved to Shreveport. So we got the big, big book out and tape recording out, and we uh, put three steps on one tape and a four step on the other tape. And uh, after he left, I started using the, these tapes to do this four step deal one day, uh, one day a week. And uh, what happens if you do something like that? The tape becomes the expert. The person becomes the expert. There's not any experts in program Alcoholics Anonymous except the big book. So what I did, I went back to kind of share how to do the four-step out of the big book the way the old timers taught it. And when I came in Alcoholics Anonymous in June 1954, uh, they had a whole 12-step program. They had a beginner's class out to Kelly Club. They had two men talk on the first step. Next week, two men talked on the spiritual step, 3, 5, 6, 7, 11. The third week, two men talked on the inventory and restitution, 4, 10, 8, and 9. And the fourth week, two men talked on the 12th step. And they become real, real good at it. And uh, that's really how I learned the program of Alcoholics Anonymous was going to that beginner's class. Uh, and that's what I would really like to share with you, really, what the big book says and why the old timers taught the program. I, I was 12 and a half years old when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous here in Oklahoma City. My wife and I were in the first young people's group. My wife came into AA before I did, May 3rd, 1954. She was 25 years old. She stayed sober the rest of her life. Uh, what I'd like to share with you is not what I think, but what the book says. Uh, you find an awful lot of people in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous are much better at explaining how to work the steps than I do. But what I try to share with people is what the book says. The reason I do that, and like Hal said, I've been doing this the last 17 years. I've had over 7,000 people come through my house. And what I've discovered, the people that come over to my house, it's over three months, six months, that they come over and learn how to do a fourth step. They don't really know what I do. And I've discovered that uh, most of them do not. Uh, they get over to chapter five, trying to do a fifth step. I mean, a fourth step. And uh, they have read that book at a point in time when they can't comprehend what they're doing. Because the first thing you do when you come into Alcoholics Anonymous, they throw a book at you, read this book and get well. If you read the whole book, you couldn't comprehend it. But to get over in chapter 5 and have a real weak foundation for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. So what I started doing was sharing with people, the new people that come to my house, how to read the big book. And uh, I am very grateful that I have the opportunity to do that here at this convention. Uh, I'll go real briefly through the first 11 steps of try to explain how the old-timers wrote, uh, wrote the book. Because I was 12 and a half years old when I came into AA here in Oklahoma City. So the first generation of alcoholics really 
taught me or my, and I, what I've tried to share with people is my perception of what they taught. Uh, most people, when they come into AA, they have a lot of trouble with step two, just like I did, and they don't know that. I had more trouble with step two than I did any step in the program, simply because I didn't think it was a program, uh, it was a problem. And the only way I can explain that is really my own, uh, experience. I've drank for about 13 or 14 years. Last seven years I've drank, I never, longest I stayed sober was two weeks. I drank from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. I wasn't drunk every day, I drank every day. And uh, at the end of World War II, I got married two weeks after I got out of service. I went in business for myself two weeks after I got out of service. And from that point on, I never run out of whiskey. It's much easier to get back in those days. It was just as close as your telephone, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I never run out. Well, what happened to me in April 1954, I come to the point in my life, I knew I couldn't drink, I knew I couldn't stop, and I knew it was killing me. And I totally surrendered to the problem. I just didn't have a solution. Uh, what really happened, I was married over eight years, I had three small children, and because of the crazy things I did, my wife would get drunk at me. But she was a blackout drunker pretty much from the very beginning. In April 1954, I come to the point I knew I couldn't drink, and I, I totally surrendered, but I didn't have a solution. Back in those days, it was a moral issue. It was not a disease. You had hell, foreign damnation, and all religions. No place to put a drunk. We had two treatment centers, jail and mental institutions. And... uh I went to my wife and I said, you, I want to get a divorce, do whatever you want to, I, I, I'm out of here. And I proceeded to try to drink myself to death. But she called Alcoholics Anonymous and a lady called her one day and took her on the first meeting, May the 3rd, 1954, and she stayed sober the rest of her life. A week later, she called me up and asked me if I would bring the car home to take care of the kids. I brought the car home at 7.30, she got in the car and left. She come back at 9.30, I got in the car and left. The second week, she left a little old pamphlet laying on our bar called The Way of Life. I had a bar in my house that had all kinds of whiskey in it. And in this little pamphlet, it had the interpretation of alcoholics anonymous. It had 35 questions from John Hopkins University Hospital. Well, I read this book and that nailed me. Even lying about most of the steps, I still pass. I'd call her up in the middle of the night, asking her all about alcoholics anonymous, and she wouldn't tell me anything. This lady told her, said, as long as I was drinking, I'd just argue with her. And I would have. And, uh, that's one of the successes of being married over 47 years. My wife never did tell me anything about alcoholics anonymous even though she was sober longer than I. I uh, went on like that for five or six weeks. One Monday I was just too drunk, too sick to take care of the kids. 
So I asked her if I'd go with her. She called and got permission. I went to my first AA meeting, staggering drunk. It was a beginner's class at the Kelly Club. And uh, I don't know what they said. But uh, I do know that I knew they had a solution. I said, I'll come back. I'll be sober. Is this going to... I hope they get that straight. Anyway... Uh, lost my place. Poor love Uh, I called up and asked her if I'd go with her, and curiosity was killing me. I knew she was staying sober, and I could not understand it. I knew she had whiskey in the house, and she was staying sober, and I think the very idea of her, I was the epitome of, uh, of alcoholism. She stayed sober and uh I didn't understand it. But her telling a message to me that she staying sober was one of the greatest messages. I don't think I'd learned that any other way. So I went to that first meeting and I said, I'll come back and I'll be sober. Probably on time in my life I ever tapered off. I always tapered on. But I drank less and less each day until the next Sunday and Monday I didn't drink and I went to my second meeting. And that's some of the things I want to share with you is what they taught in the beginner's class. One of the first things they said I had to do was read the whole book. They suggested that I go to four beginner's meetings and four open meetings and then decide whether I had a problem or not. I uh, read the whole book. I didn't understand it. I accepted the first two steps. Immediately got hung up on step three because I thought I had to understand God. I don't know anything anymore, Egyptistical and a drunk, thinking you can understand God, but that's where I was. One of the things I heard that I really I, I could accept it in a minute, and that was to only had to quit one day at a time. I liked that concept, because I was always going to quit from now on. But I wanted to drink so bad I couldn't stand it when I come into Alcoholics Anonymous. And I said, well, I'm not going to drink for five minutes. I'm not going to drink for five minutes. Finally, I got up to an hour. I'm just not going to drink for an hour. So it was about 11 months before I did my fifth step. And by then, I created a habit of stands over an hour at a time. And that's the only way I've done it for over 47 years. It's 24 times easier to stay sober an hour at a time than it is a day at a time. I can start my day over anytime I want to. I do not let anything pile up on me. And I'm so grateful for that habit. The, uh, another thing they said I was going to have to do is ask, stay sober in the morning, give thanks at night for my sobriety. And I couldn't do that. I was so full of guilt and fear and shame and remorse, I couldn't pray. I was too egotistical to tell anybody I couldn't pray. But uh the thing I heard also in that beginner's class said, if you pray, act as if it's going to come true. So I started thanking God for keeping me sober. I never have asked him to keep me sober. I thanked him nine jillion times for keeping me sober, but I never did ask him. The third week I was in Alcoholics Anonymous, I went on a 12-step call down Skid Row with an old timer. 
I heard this old timer tell this drunk how to get sober. But I heard this drunk with all his watermelon conversation telling me how I acted. I could see myself in that drunk. And I got real hyperactive on going on 12-step calls. We immediately started going to four meetings a week, the beginner's class, young people's group on Thursday night, open meeting Friday night, and a sponsorship group on Sunday afternoon where all the old-timers showed up. The, uh, I ended up going to those meetings for that beginner's class for about seven years. Because every time we went to a meeting, we'd call a tele-club, stop down Skid Row, pick up two or three drunks, talk to AA all the way to the clubhouse, go to a meeting, and talk to AA all the way home. And that's really how I learned the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. But I got hung up on step three, and I got real hyperactive in AA, and they said, it's going to be real tough to stay sober over the holidays. You know, four step never did bother me when I come in AA. Never did bother me. What bothered me after I was dry or sober for a while was step nine. Well, I'm a real alcoholic. I stayed sober over the holidays. I got drunk January 2nd, 1955. Apologized to three people drunk. That's the only way I'd ever apologize to anybody. I missed two meetings and I've been sober ever since. But six days after I got drunk, I went up to a step call. A gal called me up, a man ended up over her house, passed out. I called the teleclub and two old timers showed up, poured the drunk in the back end of my car. And Ted bought an acreage out west of town, we drove out there, and I told these two old timers I'd got drunk. They didn't say, well, Earl, you need to do a four step, you need to do this or that. They didn't do that. But they spent about four or five hours telling me the crazy things they did when they were drinking. You had to come in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and start applying the steps to their life and how working the steps changed their life. But six days after I got drunk, they gave me the solution to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Because I couldn't believe if I would just do what they told me they had done, I could get sober. And I went to work on my fourth step the next day. Seven days after I got drunk, I worked on it for three and a half months. I'd done my fifth step. And it completely changed my life. Well, what I try to share with these new people that come over to my house is they don't really understand what they're doing. And uh, I think so many people are tied up, uh, get hung up on step two, simply because of, of the self-will. The... Uh, Old timers at the teleclub, they had a, uh, a pamphlet called the Interpretation of the Twelve Steps. It was printed in Washington, D.C. in 1945. And how that come about was a group in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm an archivist, I've shared with you. And I bought a book out of Detroit about all oh, 10, 15 years ago. It's the fourth printing of the of the first first edition of the big book, and it had this one page inserted in the front of it. This book had been rebound and was covered in red lambskin. But where the program come from and where it becomes so predominant here in Oklahoma, because it is still being taught out in Capitol Hill, it's been being taught 
the same program for since 1947. Said the first meeting of the Northwest Group was held on the night of October 16, 1941. There were about 20 members present. Since that Thursday night, there has been a meeting every Thursday night of this group in the same hall, regardless of weather season of the year. In June 1943, a group of members proposed a separate discussion meeting to more advantageously present the 12 Steps of Recovery Program to their new affiliates. A decision was made to hold a closed meeting for alcoholics only for this purpose. The first discussion meeting of the Northwest Group was held at 10216 Plymouth Road on Monday night, June 14, 1943, has been held every Monday night without exception thereafter. A plan of presentation of 12 Steps of Recovery Program was developed at this meeting. This plan consisted of dividing the 12 Steps into four meetings I've just shared with you. Each division came to be discussed each succeeding Monday night in rotation. This method was so successful that it was adopted first by other groups in Detroit and then throughout the United States. It finally was published in its entirety by a Washington, D.C. group in a pamphlet entitled Interpretation of Twelve Steps. We're fortunate here in Oklahoma City that Intergroup publishes this same pamphlet at Intergroup. And uh, what these old-timers taught in AA back in the early days, uh, I mean, I'm going to apologize to you. I got shingles. And, uh, the doctors haven't found a solution for it. I've had it five and a half years. But the uh, pamphlet, the way the old-timers taught the program, they didn't care whether you was alcoholic or not. What they discussed in that first, on the first step was who is an alcoholic, what is an alcoholic, and am I an alcoholic? And they become very, very good in their interpretation of that. They, they, uh, in this pamphlet that I'm sharing with you, having decided that we're alcoholics as well to consider what doctors consider as the reason why an alcoholic drinks as an escape from situation in life which he cannot face as evidence of maladjusted personality including sexual maladjustment as a development from social drinking to pathological drinking, as a symptom of a major abnormal mental state, as an escape from incurable physical pain, as a symptom of constitutional inferiority, a psychopathic personality. For example, an individual who drinks because he likes alcohol knows he cannot handle it but does not care. Many times one cannot determine a great and glaring mechanism as the basis why the drinker drinks. But the revealing fact may be a list that alcohol is taken to relieve a certain vague restlessness in the individual incident to friction between his biological and his emotional makeup and the ordinary strains of life. The above reasons are general reasons where the individuality and the personality of the alcoholic is concerned. These reasons may be divided as follows. A self-pampering tendency which manifests itself in a refusal to tolerate even temporarily unpleasant states of mind, such as boredom, sorrow, anger, disappointment, worry, depression, dissatisfaction, feelings of inferiority and inadequacy, and I want what I want when I want it seems to be to add to the most alcoholics towards life. An instinctive urge for self-expression, unaccompanied by determination to translate the urge into creative action and the abnormal craving for emotional experiences which call for removal of intellectual restraint. 
I'm not going to read any more than that. Uh, most drunks do not like to be read to. Uh, you go to meetings where they read portion of chapter 5. I've already read it. I've already heard it. And they don't pay any attention to it. Uh, I know that's true all over because I've done this workshop in a lot of places all over. They always stop reading at page 60. And it's real interesting to, uh, to uh, even though you've read it many times, heard it many times, most people in that age do not understand what it says. After the ABCs, it says, being convinced we were at step three. Well, I tell you, the first two steps are before you get to page 60. you got 30 pages of Roman numerals plus 60 pages, 90 pages, before you ever get to step three. But the paragraph right above the ABC says, or description of the alcoholic, the doctor's opinion, the chapter two, the agnostic, the beginning of step two, page 44, chapter four, and our personal adventures before, which is Bill's story, and after. And after is all the stories in the back of the book. Make clear three pertinent ideals. They were alcoholic, could not manage your own life. Be that no human power can relieve us of our alcoholism, that God could and would if he were sought. Interesting thing about that. Bill wrote this book specifically with that in mind. You know, the last sentence of the doctor's opinion, Roman numeral 30, said, I earnestly advise every alcoholic to read this book through. does not say anything about 164 pages. We only have one textbook. Bill wrote in the forward to the 12 and 12 in 1952, based on the success of the first edition of the big book, it would become our basic textbook. He also wrote in the forward to the 12 and 12, that it would become a reference book. Uh, Bill puts his story in the front of the book, giving a, a description of how he found God as he understood him. He also gave a, a described the course of action he took of how to get sober. But the interesting thing about this book, when it was wrote in 1939, most of the drunks that were then alcoholics anonymous at that time could not relate to Bill's white light experience. So on March 1st, 1941, he wrote in the appendix 2, on page 569 and 570, a spiritual experience, which is the result of taking the action on the first 11 steps. The reason I say that, because step 12 says having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, the first 11, we tried to practice these principles and carry this message. Now, page 29 in this textbook, it says, each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. If you don't find it on page 29, it repeats itself on page 50. It says in our personal stories, you find a wide variation of ways each other approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. So the whole book is about step two. You may not agree with any of the stories in the back of the book, but you cannot disagree with their experience of how they found a power greater than themselves. If you go get sober and stay sober, 
It's a must that you find this power greater than yourself that will solve your problem. Now, I tried to share with these new people that come over at my house how to read this book. Because most of them do not understand what they're trying to do. We have over a million sponsors in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pretty much every one of them have a different program. So what I try to share is not from my experience, but what these big books says, because it is our basic textbook of how 100 drunks got sober. And never in your lifetime will you find 100 drunks that agree on anything. That's one of the miracles of Alcoholics Anonymous. But Bill's story gives a description of how he found God. Chapter 2, there is a solution, tells you what the solution is to the problem in the doctor's opinion. In chapter 2, every time it talks about a problem, it always gives you the solution. If you read this book and look for the similarities instead of the differences, you'll find your name in the problem, you'll find your name in the solution. Example, page 24, top of the page. At a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passed into the state where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is absolutely no avail. The tragic situation already arrives in practically every case long before it is suspected. The fact is, the most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost their power of choice and drink. There's the description of alcoholism. Nowhere in the literature of Alcoholics Anonymous will you find a description of what an alcoholic is. But in many places in this book, it describes what an al uh, alcoholism is. That is one of the descriptions. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. The old-timers taught willpower was two words. We had the will to quit drinking, but we didn't have the power. We were powerless over the obsession of the mind. We had a mind that says, this time it's going to be different. And we take one drink and it sets up a compulsion. Nothing will satisfy but another drink. And in scientists, the second step is, this time it's going to be different. You know, all the trouble started at midnight Saturday night. I'll quit at 10 o'clock. I'll just drink beer. I won't mix it with this. This time it's going to be different. And that's what the old, the old timers taught with the insanity of step two. We're enabled certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory and suffering and humiliation even a week or a month ago. We are without a defense against the first drink. Now it tells us what the problem is on page 24 and page 25. It tells us what the solution is. But it's also footnoted at the bottom of the page 25. Fully explained, Appendix 2. Now, page 27, it says, for amplification, read Appendix 2. On page 47, it says, please be sure and read Appendix 2. Because that is the result of taking the action on the first 11 steps. So on page 569, it gives a spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows the personality change sufficient to bring in about recovery from alcoholism as manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers an impression that these personality changes 
or religious experiences must be in the nature of a sudden and spectacular upheaval. Uh, I'm, I'm I've got bad eyes. I've had eight operations, so I don't see very good anymore. In the first chapter, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of us experience are the, what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the differences long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life that such a change would hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes a place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power which is greater than himself. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience, or more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that alcoholics capable of honestly facing their problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are essential for recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which we cannot fail to keep him in an everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt power to investigation. Many of the new people that come in are not taught the importance of reading that appendix two. And, uh, it's very difficult, I think, for some drunks to come in AA and get sober because they don't understand really what they're doing. So on page 25, it says, there is a solution. Almost none of us, like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the compassion of our shortcomings, which the process requires for successful Consummation. That's talking about step five. Nowhere in this book does it talk anything about step four being the big deal. But step five is a big deal if you tell somebody else the exact nature of your wrong. But we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we've been living. But therefore, we were approached by those whom the problem had been solved. There was nothing left for us to do but pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. Now, spiritual tools are the 12 steps that give real simple instructions if you understand what, how they wrote this book and how, what Bill was trying to do. The next paragraph is a result of step two. Come to believe in a power greater than ourselves, who will restore society. 
this results in taking the action on the first 11 steps. The great fact is, is just this and nothing less, that we have had a deep, effective spiritual experience, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we can never do for ourselves. That's the results of step two. At the end of each step, it gives a result. If you haven't got the result, you haven't worked the steps. If you're a seriously alcoholic, as we were, we believe there's no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life is becoming impossible. And if we pass into the rain from which there is no return through human aid, we have two alternatives. One was to go to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other was to accept spiritual help. That's the same as the ABCs in chapter 5. At the end of the uh, beginning of page 30 on chapter 3, more about alcoholism, still talking about step 1. Second paragraph said we learned that we had to fully concede to innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we were like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. Another description of alcoholism. We have lost the ability to control our drinking. Admitting you're an alcoholic will not keep you sober. You not only admit it, you have to accept it. On page 33, it said, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Commencing to drink after prison of sobriety, we're in a short time as bad as ever. If we were planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind, nor any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. So you not only have to admit it, you have to accept it. But admitting it, you're an alcoholic, and accepting you're an alcoholic will not keep you sober. I thoroughly believe you have to be willing to go to any length before the grace of God can work in your life. You have to be willing to go to any length to take the action that is necessary to complete these steps. At the end of chapter 3, at the end of step 1, page 42, Bill put a paragraph in here telling you precisely how we have recovered. It's the main purpose of this book. He told you exactly what he was going to do at the end of step one. Said then they outlined a spiritual answer in a program of action which I heard of them and followed successfully. <coughs> now if you turn one page is the beginning of step two, chapter four, page forty four. And on page fifty eight in chapter 5, how it works, you have two and a half pages of instruction of how it works. You have three and a half pages on step 3. You have seven pages on step 4. 3 and 4 go together, not 4 and 5. You learn in 7th grade English, the first sentence of any paragraph, the last sentence of any paragraph, you have to have continuity to have a paragraph. You also learn in 7th grade English, the first paragraph of any book, the last paragraph of any chapter, you have to have continuity to have a chapter of any kind of book. In chapter 5, you have three and a half pages on step 3 and seven pages on step 4. 
on page 72, chapter 6, into action. This is one thing that the old timers taught in the, uh, when I come in. After you took your fifth step, you start practicing all 12 steps on a daily basis. The way you learn the program by Alcoholics Anonymous was to practice it. In chapter 6, you have steps 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. At the end of the 11th step on page 88, next to the last paragraph, it says, We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us the way we have just outlined. On page 42, it said, Then they outlined a spiritual answer in a program of action which I heard of them had followed successfully. And on page 88, so we are called on discipline, so we let God discipline us in the way we have just outlined. You have 46 pages that covers the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it covers 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. That's the way Bill wrote this book. Of course, chapter 7, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to Carry this message and practice these principles. So we'll go back to page 42 and find out what the spiritual answer is. You have a hundred drunks, atheists, and agnostics decide to write a book telling you precisely how they recovered. That's one of the miracles of AA. You'll never find a hundred drunks that agree on anything. But along beside that, the most educated people in the world, be it theologians or doctors or ministers or psychiatrists, most educated people in the world cannot find anything wrong with the first 164 pages of this book. That's another miracle. So though I've been on a nominal church, man, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But if you try to work these steps on willpower, they will not work because that's what got all of us in the program by Alcoholics Anonymous. Their self-reliance quit working. So, but the program of action, they're entirely susceptible, is pretty drastic. Talking about step five, it's still pretty drastic if you tell someone else the exact nature of your wrong. It means I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. So whatever you believe in when you come in and program by Clark's Anonymous, it's got not good enough to keep you sober and you have to change it. And precisely how we have recovered the main purpose of this book. You know, you can take a Catholic priest with 16 years of education or a Baptist or a Methodist or a Episcopalian, one out of ten that drinks. When they come programmed by Clark's Nomus, whatever they believe in is not good enough to keep them sober and have to change it. And that's what this book is all about. That was not easy. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had a curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it has proved to be. And that's the commitment of step three. I'll tell you, I had a lot of trouble with step three. See, with the Catholic priest just before I done my fifth step. I simply told them I want to turn my will and my life over the care of God as I understand him because the book said I had to do that. It had a profound effect on me because the first time in my life I ever made to anybody was going to try to do God's will. But I did not understand it. I sober about two and a half years before I really started to understand step three. And the way I understood it was through practice. The way the old timers taught step three in that beginner's class was they divided it up in two parts. Made the decision, turn your will, which is your thoughts, 
in your life, which is your action. You're the sum total of the way you've acted and reacted all of your life. That is your life. Because I didn't know what my life was until I worked step three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, you can go to a meeting pretty much anywhere in the United States today on step three and some drunk could come up and say, all you have to do in step three is make a decision. Because step three says we made a decision, turn our will and our life over the care of God. But you know, you decide to go to New York tomorrow. If you don't go, you don't go. No decision is made until you take the action. The only time you can turn your will over the care of God is this minute. Bill Thomas said the only time you can ever find God is this minute. And doing steps one, two, three is 25% of nothing. Because one of the biggest problems in AA, the way I see it, is they use step two and step three as an event. It's not an event, it's part of a process. It is a whole 12-step process. And on time you can turn your thoughts or your will over the care of God is right now. Bill put this paragraph in here telling you exactly what he intended to do. The last paragraph on page 43 of step one, once more the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental offense against the first drink. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. That takes you into chapter 2, the agnostic, one of the most important chapters in the book, because whatever you believe in is not working for you, and it puts you on the right pathway to find a power greater than yourself that will solve your problem. First paragraph, if when you honestly want to and find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little amount over control you, over the amount you take, you're probably an alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Page 45. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? That's exactly what this book is all about. This main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself that will solve your problem. Page 42, last bit sentence says, practice and spiritual principles will solve all your problems. Page 46, bottom paragraph. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make an approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took, provided we took other simple steps. This is in chapter 2 the agnostic. It's all about step 2 and took other simple steps. It's 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. <coughs> Excuse me. Page 53. 
When we become alcoholics, Christ's self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition either God is everything or else he is nothing. What is our choice to be? Page 55. For deep down, every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship, of other things, but in some form or other it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Next paragraph. We found this great reality deep down within us. John Timers taught chapter 4 was one of the most important chapters in the book and it should be read a sentence at a time, a paragraph at a time and ask yourself what it means to you. Because getting this, uh, finding a power personal to yourself will be the thing that will help you stay sober. It's not depending on the sponsor. Because the book says no human power can relieve us over alcoholism. God said it would if he were sought. So we have to come to believe in a power greater than ourselves. And taking, going through this process of practicing these steps is how we are accomplish that. Chapter 5 Rarely have seen a person thoroughly follow our path. Truth. You know, if you be alcoholic, there's four things that will get you drunk. Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. That's why Bill says in the tenth step on page 84, we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Those four things, what it talks about in chapter 5 on page 58, it talks about honesty on page 62, talks about selfishness on page 64, talks about resentment on page 67, it talks about fear. I tell the people that come over to my house to go to a fourth step, it's real important that they stay in 12 and 12 on step 4. And step eight. This I say step eight, that's the way the old timers taught it, four, ten, eight, and nine, that you make the list of the eight step list while you're doing your fourth step. And what we do in the fourth step, uh the biggest problem most drunks have that come over to my house anyway, they don't understand what the fourth step even says. The fourth step says we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And they read that and they interpret that as saying made a searching and fearless immoral inventory of ourselves. Immoral is the complete opposite of moral. You can't change anything you did last week or last year or ten years ago. You can't change anything you did. You cannot change anything you, anyone else did. What the fourth step is all about, it's not what you did, it's why you did it. If you find out why you acted and reacted the way you did, then you can change that. One of the things that really changed my life and I come in our coach now, was I heard some old drunk say, if you're put doing what you know is wrong and practice good as you understand it, every day will get better. I heard that. I started practicing it. It's the one thing that really changed my life more than anything I ever did in AA. If you will quit doing what you know is wrong 
and practice good as you understand it, every day gets better. That's why step three and four go together. If you made the decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, and then you discover these things you've been doing wrong, if you quit doing those things and start practicing good as you understand it, every day gets better. Therefore, the, the fourth step is not a big deal if every day gets better if you get honest with yourself. Uh, he mentioned honesty three times in the first paragraph on chapter 5. I'm the biggest liar on earth when I come to our collection. I'm just like self-justify doing anything, anytime, anywhere, any place with anybody. In the 12 and 12, it talks about the seven basic instincts you used to accept. Pride, greed, lust, anger, envy, gluttony, and sloth. Pride being number one. In the 12 and 12, it talks about the way we practice pride is rationalization and self-justification. That's lying to yourself. That's the motivating factor that causes us to use all of our negative character traits. It's rationalization and self-justification. I, I didn't start lying when I started drinking. I started lying when I started talking. And you know, it started when you were about two years old. I want what I want when I want it. Uh, a good example. You steal a dime out of your mother's purse to get some candy when you're about eight years old. You're full of guilt and fear and shame and Twelve years old, you get a half a dollar. Fifteen years old, you get five dollars. I deserve it. Same action on the same habit over and over and over, and you become immune to it. A uh, lawyer friend of mine from Chicago, I heard a couple weeks ago up in uh, Winter Park, Colorado, he said uh, he could uh, lie without any thought process. Uh, and he described me. He said, we all should have been lawyers instead of alcoholics. Live without any thought process. But with that in mind, book said nothing counts for thoroughness and honesty. It depends on... And Bell wrote many of these papers in the great mind and so forth over the years. You have to get honest with yourself to get sober. You have to practice tolerance to stay sober. But this dishonesty, this lying to ourselves, this rationalization is what causes us to act and react the way we did. And it's so important that you find out why you've been doing that. I divide the fourth step up into three things. I try to keep it real simple. Resentment, fears, and faults. i got a two-page outline here that we're going to take a break. If y'all want a copy of it, it's written how and um, how and a lot of other people tried to type write this for me and uh, it, it's just an outline and it's not uh, similar to what it says in the book uh, I, I do not want anything typewritten because you can make your own outline what I'm trying to share is what this book says and I thoroughly believe that from any level of understanding if you read this book you understand what you're trying to do that you can get sober and stay sober as long as you depend on somebody else, you're going to stay sick. And when you start really helping somebody else, then you will start to get well. 
Popper will believe that. That's why the old timers taught this program. Page 58. If you have decided you won't want me have or willing to go to any length, if you're willing to go to any length, then you're ready to take certain steps. And some of these we bought. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. Every alcoholic comes in, alcoholic anonymous, wants to find that easier, softer way. So I guarantee you the easier, softer way is exactly what the book says. Because I've tried all the other way. But we could not, with uh, all the earnestness of our command, we beg of you be, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideals and the result was nil until we let go, absolutely. As that is a terrible problem for most of us. God, you take care of that, but I'm going to take care of this. Half measures of eldest method. Half measures do not give you 50% of this program. Like I say, doing one, two, three, to 25% of nothing because it's part of a process. Here are the steps we took. Took means to complete with action. Doesn't say here are the steps we read about, here are the steps we talked about, here are the steps we prayed about, here are the steps we took. And the way you took these steps is to practice them. It is a whole 12-step program. I'm going to, we're going to take a break here. Uh, I'm going to say 20 minutes and y'all take 30. Uh, which is fine. We allowed for that. Uh, let me go a little further here. Uh, I'm sure you have step four ties into step three. Page six four the resentment is number one offender, destroys more alcoholics than anything else. On page sixty two it says selfishness and self centeredness that we think is the root of our trouble. Selfishness and self centeredness is the cause and resentment is the effect. Resentment is the effect. Some treatment centers Say you have to express your feelings. Feelings are the direct result of your actions. I know what some of these treatment centers taught because I was in the first graduating class of chemical dependency up Central State. I got a master's degree in human relations with chemical dependency down at OU. 1986, I go take some English courses and write that. Manuscript history of AA in Oklahoma and I fell in love with school and went six years and ended up two master's degrees in 1991. And if I went to school now and I still couldn't write, but I, I had a lot of fun in school. Resentment is number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From its stem, all forms of spiritual disease. We have been not only mentally and physically ill, we've been spiritually sick. When spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. That's just the way we get sober, spiritually, mentally, and physically. We don't get well physically because we will always be allergic to alcohol. It doesn't make it that you're born an alcoholic or build up a tolerance to it drinking too much, too often, too long. And you don't get well mentally because we tried to solve our problems with willpower and it didn't work. The way we get sober spiritually, mentally, and physically. 
One of the results of step three is we make decisions, turn our will and our life for the care of God. What is spirituality? Self-will. Self-will. That's how step three and step four, why they go together. Okay, I'm on page 60, where we start. Being convinced we were at step three, which is we decide to turn our will and our life over the care of God as we understood it. Just what do we do and how do we do it? The first requirement, the first requirement, that would be convinced any life on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Each person likes an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, the ballet, the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished. You know, if my wife had acted well, I wanted to, I'd have been all right. But she rebelled and she reacted and I got drunk at her. You know, for about 25, 30 years, I read this one way and my mind interpreted a different way and about 4, 15 years ago or so. I'll under, I'll, it changed the whole meaning of what I just read to you. Each person like an actor, well, my mind interpreted that each person like a director. And they don't say that. Each person like an actor who wants to be a director wants to run the whole show. What's telling us on page 60, if you ever have any problems, if you ever get a resentment or upset about anything, it tells you exactly what you've been doing wrong on those three pages. It tells us exactly. So everybody including himself would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. I'm trying to make these arrangements our actor may be sometimes quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean and egotistical and selfish and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have various traits. Alcoholics either dominate the people around them to get their own way, or they depend on people too much to get their own way. Both of them are selfish and self-centered. Now, on page 16, on page 63, it says it's talking about step three. So I know it's talking about step three. Well, what's interesting about that, Bill wrote in the 12 and 12 on step four on page 53, it says the same thing it says on page 16 and 61. You wonder about my book up here. I had this made. I got the 12 and 12 in the back of it. On page 53 out of the 12 and 12, it says, by his form of our twisted relations with family, friends, and society at large that we have suffered the most. We have been especially stupid and stubborn about them. The primary fact that we fail to recognize is our total inability to form a true partnership with another human being. Our egomania digs to disastrous pitfalls. Either we insist on dominating the people we know or we depend on them far too much. If we lean too heavily on people, they will sooner or later fail us that they are human too and cannot possibly meet our incessant demands. This way, our insecurity grows and festers. Then we eventually try to manipulate others to their own willful desires. They revolt and they resist us heavily. Then we develop hurt feelings. 
a sense of persecution, a desire to retaliate. And as we redouble our efforts at control, we continue to fail. Our suffering becomes acute and constant. We have not once thought to be one in the family, to be a friend among friends, to be a worker among workers, to be a useful member of society. Always we tried to struggle to the top of the heap or to hide underneath it. This self-centered behavior blocks a partnership relation with any of those about us. Of true brotherhood, we had small comprehension. Page 65, on the 61. What usually happens is Joe doesn't come off very well. He begins to think that life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be. Still the play does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, and self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Uh, is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of delusion? He can have satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages it well. Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants and do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Is he not even his best moment a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Our actor is self-centered and egocentric. What's that mean? Each person, like an actor, wants to run the whole show. He's forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, the ballet, the rest of the players in his own way. You know, this tells us exactly how we act and react. If we don't know and don't understand how we act and react, we will keep on doing what we've been doing. Bill, in all of his writings, he talk, always talks about the problem first, then he gives you the solution. It explains what it says on 1661 on the next page. Selfishness and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our trouble. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-seeking, self-delusion, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. But we invariably find, sometime in the past, we made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. Sure, I hated that. I was a victim when I come back to Clark's anonymous. The victims out there. No, I, I was a real victim. I was 17 years old in high school, three weeks past 17. Married a 15-year-old girl, real mature from my age. I can't get anyone to believe that. <laughs> but I like one semester of finishing school. I worked before school, worked after school, and uh, I went ahead and finished high school. And about six months after I got married, she started chasing boys. And I become a victim. That went on for a little over a year, and I joined the Air Force, World War II, and I become an alcoholic, full-blown drunk in the in the Air Force. I uh, she continued, she followed me to some of the air bases I was stationed at, and her behavior continued. And I was in the Air Force a little over two years, and my grandfather died, and I was able to get a parole to come home. 
I had my dad get a divorce from me. I was married three and a half years. I was too young to get a divorce. I had my dad get it for me. And, uh, but I come a full-blown drunk in the Air Force. I hated women. I misused women. And I uh, had no self-respect. I didn't respect anyone else. But uh, I was uh, divorced about 15 months when I got out of the Air Force. I married a lady that uh, two weeks after I got out of service. And what happened to me when I was doing my inventory, I worked on it for about three weeks. Everything I wrote on that paper, I did this because you did that. What I discovered, I don't believe I would have ever understood step three had I not done it that way. I took all that crude behavior into that second marriage and I put my second wife literally through hell. And what I discovered writing on my fourth step there for three weeks, my first wife did not have anything to do with the crude behavior I took in that second marriage. And it enabled me to become responsible for my own actions. I don't believe I could have stayed sober had I not become responsible. And the old timers, the way they taught acceptance was the surrender prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, persons, places, and things. Courage to change the things I can, and that's me, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, I'm so grateful I was taught that way because it enabled me to really understand step three. Of course, you have page 449 and 552, last two paragraphs, 552. Uh, over at my house, I usually have one of the people there read part of that, kind of give me a break from reading. But uh, let's go ahead and go a little further here on, on this. I'll, I'll skip reading that. So our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. Now I call it the extreme example of self-will run right. So he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or kills us. There's 78 we must in this book and a whole bunch we have to. So God makes that possible. There often seems no way of entirely getting real self without his aid. Many of us have more philosophical convictions of glory, but we cannot live up to them even though we would like to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness by wishing and trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. And here is the how and why of it. First of all, we have to quit playing God. And when you try to figure out how someone else should act, you are trying to figure out what God's will is for them. And that is playing God. It starts off on page 60, the first requirement. We'd be convinced in life run on self-will can hardly be a success. It describes exactly how we act and react. It ends up, first of all, we have to put playing God. That is the spirituality. And that's why all drunks, when they come into our collection on us, they are forever trying to figure out how someone else should act. They don't act that way. They get resentment. 
In the same paragraph, it gives us the solution. Next, we decide that hereafter in this drama life, God is going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. See, at the beginning of step two. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of a new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. From a sincerely to such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we become less and less interested in ourselves, all our plans and designs. More and more, we become interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we become conscious. Lost my place. Then there's a, uh, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we become conscious of his presence, we begin to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. There's ten results in that one paragraph if you quit playing God. The old timers didn't teach the third step prayer. They started doing that in the 60s. Because the early, early, uh, is pretty much all atheists and agnostics. They taught the third step by, by, uh, taking action, by carrying the message to brand new drive. They taught the only way you could stay sober was help somebody else. And helping somebody else is selfless. And when you're always thinking of yourself, that is selfish and self-centered. Uh, tell you what, I think most of you know the third step forever. Don't do that, and we'll just take a break afterwards. God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them, may bear witness for those I would help, of thy power, Thy love and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. So I'll go ahead and take a break for 20, page 63. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, during the break. I'm talking about, uh, the difference in practice in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. The uh, old-timers, they taught a whole 12-step program, and the way you really practiced the program was working with brand-new people. And by teaching the brand-new people over and over out of the book, that's how you really learn the program. And the old-timers taught if you uh, didn't practice it, you'd forget it. You forgot or put practice in it, you'd get drunk. I thoroughly believe that. I've seen so many people. Uh, well, that's one of the big problems about course now is we have more and more people coming to AA, but more and more people are leaving AA than are staying in AA. So that, that's really the bad part of it. Uh, anyway, back to page 63. 
And we found a very desirable touch of spiritual stuff with the understanding person. The old timers, uh, that's one of the first things they did in the very beginning, Bill and Bob and others, was to, uh, before they put forth very much effort with the drunk, they would try to get a commitment out of them to go through with the process of working the steps or taking the action on on the program. And the program that they taught was just uh, a whole 12-step program. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we kind of got away from is uh, sometimes we don't uh, find a home group that really practices all the steps and that, especially step 12. Anyway, going back to the book, uh, on page 65, it gives that outline in the book, and if any of y'all didn't give an outline, I got plenty up here on the table. I made the outline similar to the one on page 65. Uh, on the first column, the only thing it has listed there on page 65 is people. Of course, on the bottom of page 64, it's bottom of the page that we listed people, institution, and principles with whom we were angry. So the first column is who you resent, person, places, and things. And the uh, second column is why you resent them. You do not take other people's inventory. What we're doing in the fourth step to find out how you acted and reacted, find out the patterns in your life, the way you acted and reacted all your life, your personality, so you can learn to quit doing the things that you've been doing wrong and to practice good as you understand it. The third column on page 65 is how these resentments affect you. And the paragraph right above the outline says, was it our self-esteem or ambition or personal sex relations? Had been appeared with. So the third column is how it affects our way we act and react. And the fourth column is all, when we get a resentment, we are driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-seeking, self-delusion, and self-pity. So when we get a resentment, we always act out of fear, that we're going to lose something we got or we're not going to get what we want or people won't act the way we want them to. And it's all actions out of fear. That's why I try to uh, divide the fourth step up into those three things. Of course, all sex problems are caused by selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. That's exactly what we deal with in step three and four in the fourth step. Uh, this outline that I had made up, I've I, I had a lot of friends of mine try to type it for me and mail me copies and uh, all kinds of wanting it typed up. We had too many four-step guides out there now that uh, are usually one person's opinion. And I, I thoroughly believe that the way it's outlined in the book, they'll put in there we're usually as definite as this example. But if you really understand what the book says, 
it's impossible to do it wrong. It depends on how honest you get with yourself as to what kind of fourth step that you do. I certainly believe it's impossible to to uh, do it wrong if you if you try to get honest with yourself. If you're working on resentments, if you're working on fears, and if you're working on faults, all three of them. I, I'll write it up as, uh, sometimes as a triangle. If you're working on one of those things, you automatically work on the other two. That's why I think it's impossible to do it wrong. But there again, when it starts in chapter 5, uh, nothing counts but thoroughness and honesty. Nothing counts. So it depends on how honest you get with yourself as to what kind of force steps you do. Uh, with that, we go back to page 63, bottom of the page. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is personal house cleaning, which many of us never attempted. So our decision was a vital and crucial step that can have little permanent effect unless at once. What do you do a force step? Just after you make a commitment to go through with the process. I come up with an idea of real simple, to keep it simple. Uh, if it's not simple for most drunks, they won't, won't start. The way I uh, share with people how to start a fourth step is get a spiral notebook. And if they will take a spiral notebook and put zero to ten, that's the year you were born in the next ten years. That takes care of the first ten years of your life because the book says we go back to our life. Next page is 10 to 13, 13 to 16, 16 to 19. This here does not mean anything to anybody. Because all you're putting on there is column one. Persons, places, and things. The first ten years of your life, it's mother, father, brother, sister, first grade school teacher, next door neighbor, grandpa. All you're fixing is a resentment list. You need this list for step six, uh, step eight. With the help of your sponsorship, he can refine that to a smaller list. Inevitably, sometimes drugs put down names on there that uh, they're just not that important. I, it's real important that a sponsor helps you on the list. But while you're doing the fourth step, you need to be as honest as you possibly can. Example. If you go back through your life and put down your, you may have your father's name on this list 40 times. You do not have to write about it 40 times. It gives you five things to write about on page 67 which is on your outline, which is the uh, C-D-E-F-G. Where were we selfish? Where have I been dishonest? Where had we been self-seeking? Where were we frightened? Where were we to blame? It all comes off that page 67, that middle paragraph. Those are the five things that you're looking for and writing about on your fourth step. Those five things and these different relationships. You have your father's name done there 40 times. You don't have to write about it 40 times. You write about once or twice. You will find it was the same action on the same habit over and over and over. Let me give you a better example that you can understand better. Married five years, divorced five years. 
You don't go back to that last year of marriage. Go back to the very beginning of that relationship. Where were you self-seeking? Where were you dishonest? Where were you fighting? Where were you to blame? So what you're looking for here is pattern. And you're looking for your personality, things you've been doing all of your life. Most of them, you keep doing them over and over and over because you're not aware that there are problems. That's what we're trying to discover in the fourth step is the moral inventory, the way our personality, our character, the way we act and react. The old timers didn't care how long you worked on the fourth step. What the emphasis they put on it, I didn't care whether it was two weeks, two months, or two years. What they really taught, or what they, uh, my perception of how they taught me was, it's not what you did, it's why you did it. And, uh, it's more important to find out what you've been doing wrong and quit doing it. The fourth step is not any big deal if you go ahead and look at it, that's that, uh, uh, from that viewpoint, and you quit doing the things you know are wrong, then every day does get better. So the fourth step is really uh, uh, will change your life if you understand what you're doing and do it to the best of your ability. Back to the book. Unless at once, followed by setting yourself at the face, be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Or liquor was but a symptom. So we had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started on personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover about the truth of stock and trade. One object.